Good evening. Tonight's message is called Not Appointed to Wrath. Tonight we will be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 9 to 11 in which we will see a wonderful truth brought forth and that truth is the fact that God's people, his elect, are not appointed to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And this all has come about according to God's eternal plan and by God's mercy and his great grace which he has shown his people. This topic which we'll look at tonight, will magnify the gracious mercy and the sovereign grace of God in the fact that we who are the born-again, blood-washed children of God are not appointed to wrath as God chose us in Christ from before the foundation of the world. Another thing I would like us to keep in mind is also that every stitch of the born-again, blood-washed saints' righteousness is by the work of Christ and Christ alone. We are clothed in the spotless righteousness of Christ. We do not add one thing, not one stitch to the righteousness which God has clothed the believer in. As the old time preachers used to say, we're clothed in an alien righteousness. And that righteousness is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, imputed to us by God himself, as it is he and he alone who has clothed us in that perfect righteousness. Praise his mighty name. Now let's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not escape. But ye, brethren are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. Now, the last couple of weeks, we've looked at verses 4 to 8, where we saw that we who are the purchased people of God are called the children of light and the children of the day. We have been born again and we are no longer in the natural darkness which we were in at our birth. We have been translated by the power of God from the power of darkness and it is God who has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son all because we were not appointed to wrath beloved but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ wonder of wonders as we ponder this precious precious truth let's look at verses 9 and 10 of first thessalonians chapter 5 for god for god is god who's done this for god hath not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our lord jesus christ who died for us that whether we wake or sleep we should live together with him beloved before this world was created God chose us in Christ. Let's read verse 13 of 2 Thessalonians, which ties right in with these wonderful verses here tonight. 
The scripture declares in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. And in verse 14, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now there are three things which deserve special attention from that scripture there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. First, the fact that we are expressly told that God's elect are chosen to salvation. Now language could not be more clear how these words before us dispose of the arguments of all who would make election refer to nothing but external privileges or rank in service. We clearly see, we clearly see in verse 13 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that we are chosen to salvation. It's God who's chosen us. And second, we are warned here that our election unto salvation does not disregard the use of appropriate means. Salvation is reached through sanctification of the Spirit, we see in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, and belief of the truth. We see clearly that the same God who predestinated the end also appointed the means. The same God who chose us unto salvation decreed that his purpose should be realized through the work of the Holy Spirit of God and belief of the truth. Well, that's faith. We've been granted faith to believe. It's a gift from God. Therefore, we clearly see that salvation is of the Lord. The Father chose us in Christ. and Christ redeemed us on Calvary's cross, the Son of God. And God, the Holy Spirit, regenerates us. And we are sanctified in Christ by the Holy Spirit of God. And third, thirdly, God has chosen his people unto salvation. Now, this is a profound cause for fervent praise. We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. That we have abundant cause to give praise to our great God. Instead of shrinking away in horror from the doctrine of predestination, the believer, when he or she sees this blessed truth, as it is unfolded in the word, discovers great ground for gratitude and thanksgiving to our great God. And gratitude and thanksgiving as nothing in this world can bring, save the unspeakable gift of the Redeemer himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see then how very gracious was our great God while describing the awful events of the great day of God as they will overtake the wicked. He brings comfort to the Lord's people. He brings assurance of the Lord's people's safety when surrounded with such tremendous judgments in their view or before them. Let's read the wonderful words of verses 9 and 10 again of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Take note where our safety is found. It's not found in ourselves or anything we say or do. But again, we have a very clear picture that the only one who has made us, God's elect, to differ one from another, from the unsaved in this world, is our great and glorious God. As it is he, God alone, who has not appointed his people to wrath, because our wrath that was due us fell upon Christ, the great substitute at Calvary's cross. 
when he purchased our eternal souls with his precious, precious blood. And what have we that we did not receive? This wondrous gift of salvation was planned, purposed, and appointed by our great God to a people of his choosing. We see that God has not appointed his people to wrath. God has not appointed us to destruction and ruin, beloved, which are the effects of wrath. There are some that are vessels of wrath, fitted for destruction of old ordained to condemnation, and who are reserved for the day of evil. But there are others who are equally children of wrath by nature, as deserving of the wrath of God in themselves as others, who we see in this text are not appointed to it. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. What a wondrous instance of distinguishing grace. God's distinguishing grace we have before us in our text tonight. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Again, this is all because of God's distinguishing grace. And this wondrous truth is clearly brought forth in Romans chapter 9. Let's read verses 21 to 23. Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory. Well, this ties right in with our verse tonight, beloved. It says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So what safety and security the believer in Christ has? We have no safety in ourselves or in our works, but our eternal safety is all wrapped up in Christ Jesus and him alone because God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is the Holy Spirit. He is the one who has regenerated us. It is God the Father who did not appoint us to wrath. The Holy Spirit is the one who regenerated us. And it is the Father who hath not appointed us to wrath. It is the Father who has appointed us to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. God's grace and mercy then has been abundantly shed on and shown to God's elect in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. So then we see that the soul of the believer's safety and their everlasting blessedness is in Christ Jesus alone because God hath not appointed them to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now marvel at that. God hath not appointed his people to wrath. We are undeserving. We do not merit this in any way. It simply flows from the mercy and grace of God to a people of his choosing. Now how do we know that God hath not appointed us to wrath? Well, he has sanctified us. He set us apart by his Holy Spirit, by the miracle of the new birth by giving us faith to believe the truth. All of God's enlightened children, all of God's born again, blood washed saints believe, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we cry daily, Lord, help mine unbelief. We believe because God ordained us to eternal life. We believe because 
God hath from the beginning chosen us to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Brethren, beloved of God, in Christ we're free from God's coming wrath. I ask you, does that bless you? Our text says, God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. Salvation was appointed by God for a particular people, not by sinful works of man, not by water baptism, not by belonging to a certain religious organization. Jesus Christ didn't try to redeem his people with his precious blood. No, he obtained eternal redemption for us. Jesus Christ didn't try to save his people when he laid down his life for us. He saved us. That's why his name is Jesus, which means Savior. He saved us from all our sins and saved us from the wrath of God. How did he do this? Well, we see the answer in verse 10, who died for us. 1 Thessalonians 5.10, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. The Lord Jesus Christ died for all the elect of all the ages. He was delivered for our offenses. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God was delivered for our offenses. And then he was raised again for our justification, beloved. And we are reconciled to God by the death of his Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. The one and only hope for sinners is the substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a blessed hope he is for his people. The hope we have is an anchor of the soul. Christ Jesus our Lord, both sure and steadfast, beloved. So rejoice if you are a child of God. Rejoice. Jesus Christ has already entered within the veil to appear in the presence of God for us. He represents all his chosen people, those he died for. And our Heavenly Father accepted the sacrifice that he made for the sins of his people. And the resurrection and the ascension of Christ is positive proof that God has accepted the sacrifice of Christ in our place. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God died in the room and place of sinners. And when our Father in Heaven accepted the finished work of Christ on our behalf, Beloved, we were accepted in Christ, in the Beloved. And that is the only way that we are accepted by God in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see that Paul brings forth in verse 10 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that Christ died for his people. Remember, Paul's writing to born-again, blood-washed saints. He's not writing to all the people in Thessalonia. He's writing to the saints of God there, those who have been born again of the Holy Spirit of God, those who have turned from idols to serve the living and true God. And notice also in the text that the apostle adds that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Again, here is the sole cause of mercy and the glorious security of the church, which is the ecclesia, the born-again, blood-washed believers. Not one day passes, not one second passes, sleeping or waking, when God's people are the Lord's. Not one. So what a blessed thought this is. Nothing can separate us 
from the love of Christ. What great assurance the weakest of saints can find here. Pause over this truth. Beloved, let it sink deep, deep, deep into your soul. What a blessed thought this is. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, whether we wake or whether we sleep. Christ died for us with this purpose in view that he might make us partakers of his life. There is no reason why we should be in doubt of our salvation if we are in Christ by faith. Whether we are alive when he comes or whether we are dead, we shall, because of his life and death, live forever with him. Here we also see the final preservation of the saints is the whole of our salvation is all accomplished by God and God alone by the finished redemption of our eternal souls by the Lord Jesus Christ. So what matchless grace we see here before us and how this should humble we who are the people of God. When we see this precious scripture, we keep looking up to our great God, the Holy Ghost, our teacher, and we stand in awe over the great things that God had done for us and in us. And we see here that God the Holy Ghost by Paul is here teaching the church that God hath not appointed the church, the elect of God, the called out saints of God, the ecclesia, to wrath, but hath appointed them to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you this then, as we read this scripture, can God's plans and appointments be foiled? So we see then the folly when people say, oh, God wants to save you, but he can't unless you let him. That's so foreign to the scriptures. Here are scriptures before us in verses 9 and 10, which destroy that argument and reveals it for the false doctrine that it is. The God of the Bible's plans and will can never be thwarted by man's will or anything visible or invisible. Our great God is sovereign over all things. If God has appointed the church to be saved from wrath and to obtain salvation in Christ, then it will happen because none can stay his hand or say unto him, what are you doing? So what security then is found here before us in these words to the church of God? These are wonderful words. And it is the father who has not appointed us to wrath. He's not appointed his elect to wrath, but he has appointed us to salvation in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, he has made us everlastingly secure in Christ. Having chosen the church in Christ before the foundation of the world, that it should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated the church unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ unto himself, no one will ever thwart that. Having accepted the church in the beloved in Christ, can either men or devils frustrate God's designs? No, no one can. And this very scripture that we're looking at tonight brings such great assurance to the tried born again believer. Remember that these saints that Paul's writing to, they've been persecuted by their own countrymen. And this blessed truth is set before them by the Holy Spirit of God through the writings of Paul. During their times of tribulation and trials, the scripture comes to them that God has not appointed them to wrath, but appointed them to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And that's true of every single one of God's elect. And he's confirmed it in Christ because we're told in verse 10 that Christ died for us and that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So we see that Christ and Christ alone is the pillar and ground of truth. And we see that the subject does not stop here as God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who regenerates us all. We are born again by the almighty power of God, the Holy Spirit. And those whom God hath chosen to obtain salvation and all those for whom Christ died will be born again and they shall be children of light. We've seen this declared in this very chapter as the scriptures declare that every one of God's born again blood washed saints are no longer in darkness as are the ungodly. And the return of Christ on that great day will overtake the ungodly as a thief in the night. But those who are the children of light and the children of the day will not be overtaken. We see here also the perseverance of the elect of God. Because God has not appointed his people to wrath, but to obtain salvation in and through Christ alone. If we are in Christ, then we are eternally safe. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay a hold upon the hope set before us. Well, that hope is Christ, beloved. The hope set before us is Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have forgiveness of all our sins. So we see then that it was and is part of God's immutable purpose, formed wholly in himself, that he would show mercy to a people of his choosing without anything in us, without anything in us that would merit this wondrous grace. That purpose is confirmed by two immutable things, God's word and God's oath. And it's confirmed with the express design that the heir is a promise, mark the expression heir is a promise, not workers of the law, might have a strong consolation. This is all according to the mercy and grace of God. And because God was willing that the heirs of promise should have his gracious purpose more abundantly shown unto them to confirm all his promises are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Now put all this together and we see the immutable purpose, will, and pleasure of him with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. God's purpose is founded in himself, established in the covenant and ordered in all things and sure. And it is confirmed in the blood and righteousness of Christ. And the people which are heirs of promise are made willing by the regenerating power and work of God, the Holy Spirit to flee to Christ, all according to the covenant engagements in the day of God's power. So then we see that the ultimate blessings given to those heirs of promise were not given to them for merit or anything we do. And they are not kept back for our undeservings because we are in no way deserving of this mercy. And yet God, by his free and sovereign grace, has not appointed his people to wrath, but to obtain salvation in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. Hallelujah. What a savior. We find the merciful design of God expressed in these words. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, 
that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said the elder shall serve the younger. We see salvation is of the Lord in these verses which we've looked at tonight, in its planning, in its purpose, and it all comes about by the will of our great God. He is the almighty founder, which in his own immutability formed the counsel of his will, formed no less all suitable provisions to make the heirs of promise everlastingly blessed and happy in Christ Jesus our Lord. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 30. Now let's look at verse 11 quickly. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. In light of these two wonderful verses which we've looked at, verses 9 and 10, look at the, what the scriptures say. And in light of all the scriptures before that, wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. Oh, what comfort we find in Christ and Christ alone. Oh, what comfort we find in the fact that our salvation is outside of ourselves and it's all according to the will and purpose of our great God. So let us close with these wonderful words from the master in Luke chapter 12, verse 32. What words of comfort for his people. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen and amen.